Good morning. How are we? My name's Matt. Welcome to the creek. If this is your first time, if you'll fill out one of those guest cards, um, we don't do anything weird or crazy with that. We just get some information to you about the church and um, start a dialogue as to who we are. Uh, I know there's a lot of great churches around. But we're in a series called Pneumatology. And pneuma means spirit and ology, study of. So we're doing a study of the Holy Spirit. And my hope, I'm just going to be, let's just lay it out, put all the cards on the table. My hope is that through this teaching and through this little, little time of a series is that we uh, walk away with a deeper, not just understanding, but a deeper connection with God. Uh, we can learn a lot and have a lot of head knowledge about God. But honestly, my hope and my desire is that as a church, we grow in that depth of connection with God. I don't want us to be able to spout a bunch of facts about who God is or uh, to be able to, to quote back uh, theological ideas. I want us to have a connection. It's got to get personal. And uh, this is where, uh, through the Holy Spirit, God makes it very personal. And so we're going we're gonna, to uh, spend the next couple of weeks, and we started last week talking about how we were underdeveloped. As American Christians, we're underdeveloped in, in uh, the Holy Spirit, in areas of our understanding of the Holy Spirit. We taught through Acts chapter 1, and uh, I want to kind of go back when Jesus was telling his disciples in Acts 1.8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses. And I want to hone in on be my witnesses. I told our group last week, if you, if you write in your Bible, which I highly recommend, that you underline, highlight, whatever, that be my witnesses. Uh, because I, I think that we uh, try to track through different markers of growth. When we look at our faith, we try to associate our spiritual growth or our spiritual maturity with where someone else is. Uh, it's kind of like uh, going to the gym and gauging your physical health on the guy that can bench 350 pounds, um, and I cannot, and I can leave discouraged in our faith. If we compare ourselves with other people, then we'll either well, one of two things will happen. We'll either get really discouraged and wonder why God is not moving like that in our life, or we'll become very prideful. And I think that one of the greatest indicators of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life is what Jesus says in Acts 1.8, is you'll be my witnesses. I mean, the, the greatest indicator, the greatest moving of the Holy Spirit is when we as people are witnesses to who God is. I mean, you think about that. God is empowering us, empowering his people to make Jesus clear, empowering us to continue God's redemptive mission on the earth. And a lot of times, I don't know if you're like me, a lot of times you'll have an experience. I mean, in the first service, God kind of, he just, he, I, God just came in and says, I want to do something different at the end of the first service. And I threw our team a curveball and it was crazy, but I think... And uh, having the conversations afterwards, it was needed. But we, we go back and we try to recreate that. And I don't think that's the healthy thing to do. When the disciples got empowered with the Holy Spirit, they went out in Jerusalem and they were witnesses and spoke the gospel. People's lives were transformed. They didn't go back into the upper room and try to recreate the same environment. They kept moving forward and going, God, do something, do something more, do something more. We want to progress in this. We don't want to sit around and, and experience the same things that we have before. Sadly, a lot of our, uh, when we look at our past uh, and the way we associate movements and power of the Holy Spirit is with experiences 
and not the word of truth and not scripture. And I want us to come away with some understanding and clarity around what, what this is all about. Um, also, uh, sadly, a lot of people feel God is very distant. I know sometimes we feel like, like this morning, I can tell you in the first service, I, I can't explain all the feelings that I had, but I know God was here. I know God is here now. And I know God is moving and I know God is working even as I'm talking um, God is softening your hearts. He's opening your ears and he's opening your eyes. And I know God is moving. But, but some of us feel uh, sometimes at different times in our life, but some of you are kind of stuck here where you feel like God is distant. You feel like God is just out there and there's no connection with God. Or sadly, you may feel that the only time you feel God is when he's angry at you. Some of you can relate to that, where you feel like the only time you feel close to God is when, when you're experiencing Him as disciplinarian. And, and I want us to understand that God is, is close. I mean, through the power and through the presence of the Holy Spirit, God is much closer than you think. He's not some out there force in this cosmic deity that, that we can kind of Try to figure out. God has a desire to be in our space. Now, we have some concrete things, and we kind of wrestle with this because faith is really, uh, it's something we have to, to, to move in with our head and our heart. We don't have all the concrete things. I mean, we've got the cross. We've got the empty tomb. This time of year, we have the uh, symbols of Christmas to remind us of Christ's birth, and there's some concrete things. Maybe you have the date written down in your Bible that, that you gave your life to Christ, that you were born again, that you were regenerated, that transformation happened. Maybe we have concrete things with the baptism. You get physically get in water, and you get wet, and you have those things to look back to, but, but really and honestly, you're feeling God is just distant. It's almost like you've gone with for a walk with God and he's kind of disappeared. It's like the scary movie where two are walking down the path and all of a sudden one realizes the other one's gone and you have that moment of fear. I experienced that with my mother shopping quite often, but it was my fault. <laughs> you know, she, she, my mom uh, would keep on a track and I would get sidetracked and I would look up and realize I am by myself. You know, and when you're in a department store and in the women's clothing section, that's not the place you want to be by yourself, you know, because I'm a cute boy. And there's all these women that may want to take home a cute boy, you know. So I'm like, so you start asking, you know, like, you look around, you're like, uh-oh, you're like, mom? And, you know, there's that shakiness in your voice, like, mom? And then you start, I hope she doesn't leave me. And then it escalates and you get worried and worried and worried. Some of you feel like God has led you out here in life and he's just abandoned you. And that's not the case, that, that God is closer than you think. Um, we are designed to be in close, connected relationship with God. When you go back to the beginning, when you go back to Genesis, at creation, when, when man was formed from the dirt and God breathed his spirit into us and breathed life into us, we were created to have this connection with God that was, that was deep. It, it, it's like we could say a communion with God. It is a deep connection. 
Uh, we walked, man walked with God in the cool of the day. And, and when you start to, to really look at this, you're like, man, how, how, what happened? How did you get away from this? And the sin happened, the fall of man happened, and there was a separation from God. And when you study and read the Old Testament, you see that the, the Holy Spirit would empower particular people at particular places, or, or we get special people at special places. And you see God moving. Look at Moses. I mean, the burning bush experience is the Holy Spirit's power and presence of God. When God told Moses to lead his people out of, Israel, out of Egypt into the promised land, there's the, the fire by night and the cloud during the day. That's the presence of God leading the Israelite children through the wilderness. You've got Abraham, where the Holy Spirit speaks to Abraham and says, leave your father's household. I've got a promise for you. Um, step on out. When you read through the Old Testament, you see uh, special men empowered at times and places. The prophets, priests, and the kings would have this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And to commemorate that, that moment or that conversation or where God did something, they would pile stones. And they would say, in this place, on this time, God showed up. And I think that sometimes we look back at that in the Old Testament and go, man, if it were only that easy, if only, like, if only God's presence would so fill the room that like in the Old Testament, the priests had to leave. They couldn't even be in the same room because the cloud and the presence of God was so thick they couldn't move. And how, how amazing would it be to experience that kind of movement of God or to be walking and, and knowing God is leading you and to see this cloud and to see this fire leading you through the night. You know, God told Solomon, he said, I, I'm going to use you. You're going to build my temple and my presence is going to dwell in the temple. And so you would find yourself trying to be in the right place at the right time and connected with the right people so that you could get in and experience the presence of God. And then Joel prophesied that one day, God said, one day I will pour out my spirit on all people. And we look back and go, man, if only we could experience that. And we've got to understand that through Jesus coming to earth, dying on the cross, ascending into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit and that we no longer have to go to a temple, that we are the temple. That in the Old Testament, you have men that, that are talking about God, that are singing about God. We have the ability in the presence of God in our life to sing to God and to talk to God. And when we don't have to go to a special place, coming to this daycare center doesn't mean that that's where God's going to meet us. The beauty in this is we're the temple. As we come together, there's encouragement that happens in this room, but the Holy Spirit still dwells in us when we get in our car, when you get home, when you were getting ready this morning. You are the temple. It's not anything special about this. We want to make a building like this, those piles of stones that say that's where God did something. God moved in some people's lives huge in the first service. And the tendency can be to lay some stones on this, this place and make this the altar and say, that's where God did something big. And whenever I'm going through something, I've got to get back to those stones. No, you've got to get back to the presence of God. And God is closer than you think. And so I want to look at some scripture. If you've got your Bible, go to John 16, 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles on the floor at the ends of the rows. Uh, If you need one, if you do not own a Bible, that is our gift to you. Merry Christmas early. Write your name in that Bible and, and make that your own. That way, if you leave it behind, we look. If your name's in it, we know how to get it to you. Um, if you have uh, your Bible, make sure your name's in the front of that. I, got, I don't think mine's in the front of mine either. Um, and yes, it is. I put it in last week. Because um, I said that last week, and I realized I got home, and I was like, I don't know if I got my Bible. I mean, it was just crazy last week getting out of here. Um, but uh, make that your own. Uh, we want you to have access to the Word of God. So John 16. I'm going to start in verse 5. And... Um, we're going to talk about the uh, closeness of God through the Holy Spirit. Uh, John 16, verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. Now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does uh, in drawing us close is he draws us to God. Um, The Holy Spirit draws us into a connection with God. What Jesus is saying here, he says, listen, uh, the disciples, there's some grief going on because they've, they've hung out with Jesus for three to three and a half years. I mean, think about having that kind of close connection with God. And then he says, hey, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And the grief that, that, that would happen, and he goes, look, look, understand this. It is better for you that I go. My part of the mission on the redemption of man is finished. And the Holy Spirit needs to come and pick up that mission. It's better for you that I go. And what he's going to do, he's going to convict the world of sin. And and he's going to open eyes to righteousness. uh, Where the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to the, the, the true character and righteousness of God. And then our eyes are open to our situation. And sometimes we think, well, I I need to get some things fixed first before I can lay all that before God. I got to get my life together before I can hand it over to God. I got to deal with some stuff before I can give any of this to God because I I can't give God this mess. Let me tell you something. God is the only one who can fix the mess. I can only say that because I've been there. And I've spent that time trying to clean my life up so I feel like I have something worthy to give God. And God says, that's not what I'm after. I'm after your heart. I'm after you. And some of, some of the, the, the old men of faith called the Holy Spirit in this context the hound of heaven, that when he gets after you, there's no getting away. I mean, that hound is on your scent, you know? He, you, it's like the, the movies, you hear that... And here he comes, and all of a sudden you just feel God going, I got you. And you may, you may fight it, but God is revealing himself to you. He's drawing you unto himself. That's only the presence of the Holy Spirit. I can't draw you to God. I can do what? Be a witness. 
and say, man, the character of God, the righteousness of God, the beauty of God. I can talk and be a witness that it's the Holy Spirit that opens your eyes and brings that revelation. Uh, When you submit your life to Christ, when you get to that point and you're like, okay, God, I'm tired of running. I'm done. I'm tired. I, I realize that I cannot do any of this on my own. And you submit your life to Christ. Uh, the Holy Spirit seals us. You know, Ephesians 1, um, the Holy Spirit seals us for the day of redemption. Um, seals us with the promise that Jesus is talking about. I'll read this to you. It's Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the day of redemption of those who are God's possession um, to the praise of his glory. Basically, what's happening is when, when you are in different, different churches, they'll say born again, you're saved, you're regenerate, you're a new creation. Bottom line is when you submit your life to Christ, when there is genuine repentance, I'm not talking about you know, just some, some magic words that you repeat after me because you're scared of hell, but when there is true transformation, when there is a heart connection and a head understanding that when you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead and you confess that when you're with your mouth and there's this... There's this moment where you really, it just kind of, the light bulb comes on, then that is where the regeneration happens. I can't emotionally build you up and scare you and say all these things like, now repeat this prayer after me. That's not the way it works. There will be times when I will say, yeah, use this prayer, but it's got to be your heart. It's got to be where the Holy Spirit has drawn you in. And it's that moment for you where your heart is awakened to the reality and the goodness of God. And then what happens is you are born again. You are regenerated. You are a new creation. And and Scripture tells us that in that moment, God puts his seal on you. He stamps you and says, you are mine. Devil, demons, world, he's mine. She's mine. Hands off. And this is very important. Do not miss this. This is very important because this is in regards to our salvation. That when he seals us, it is a promise and the guarantee of the deposit. At this point, salvation is complete. This isn't God toying with our emotions. This isn't God saying, uh, I, I think I love you. Or, or, or if you act this way, if you behave this way, then yeah, I'll love you. I mean, I don't know if you grew up in a healthy relationship in your home where your parents may have held that affection or that love over your head. I don't know if you're in a marriage where that happens now. It's unhealthy. And God is a perfect father. And he's not going to say, I love you, I don't love you. I love you, I don't love you. Let's understand this. When we submit our life to Christ, the light comes on, doesn't it? (laughs) When, When we submit our life to Christ, he seals us for the day of redemption. Then what we talk about from this point forward is not salvation because that's complete. We talk about sanctification. It's the maturity process. It's us growing up. You see, when we're saved, we're reborn. We're like babies, spiritual milk. And God says, the Apostle Paul says, grow up. You got to eat some solid food. 
I mean, we've got some Christians that have been, they've been born again for 20 years and they're still in diapers. That's unhealthy. (laughs) So we're talking about the sanctification process. That the Holy Spirit draws us into a relationship with God, seals us, and then begins to mature us. And so the Holy Spirit's presence in our life leads us into God's truth. The Holy Spirit illuminates what's true and he draws us away from what's false. In other words, when the enemy starts attacking you and says, uh, are you sure about that? Or, or here's just a little bit of a change to the, the truth of Scripture. The Holy Spirit's going to say, uh-uh, uh-uh, no. Here's what's true, here's what's false. And we want the Holy Spirit to lead us into His truth, not our truth, right? So let me read this to you. John 16, verse 12. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. What Jesus is saying is, all I have is the Father's. And I've shared all of this truth with you. The Holy Spirit's going to take what is mine. He's going to make it known to you. He's going to explain it to a deeper level. He's going to reveal that truth to you. He's going to open your eyes to the things of God. Uh, Here's what I've been wrestling with. Um, that that God and I have just kind of been going round and round. And it kind of bothers me some. And I'm just going to lay it out there. Uh, we hear when Isaiah says that God's ways are higher than our ways and his understanding is not our understanding. Uh, I, I tended to cop out with that and say, well, God, I can't understand this, so I'm just not even going to think about it. And, and, and here's my problem with this, is when I read this passage, I see that through the Holy Spirit, he's going to lead us into truth. He's going to reveal these things. And so as, as a Christ follower, if I'm going to mature, I can't just sit back and go, well, I just don't know. I, I can't understand it. You know, some of you may have grown up in church where the guys were like, the Lord works in mysterious ways, you know. Well, I, th- here's where my brain works. I want to understand the mystery. And most men are because we, we like to take things apart. We may never be able to put them back together, <laughs> but we'll understand how it works when we destroy it, I guess. I'm a demo man. But here's where I wrestle with this, um, especially over the last couple weeks. Um, One of the missionaries we support, Mark Hathaway, is with Restore Brazil. And uh, met Mark and his wife last Christmas. And uh, we met as an elder team and prayed about it and said, you know, we're going to support Mark and his mission. Mark and his wife left everything moved their two kids to Brazil, and uh, began work in the mission field. He and another guy with Restore Brazil. What they're doing is they're trying to repair a lot of um, damage that the church has done and that religion has done to the Brazilian people. And they're there working in relationship and making Jesus clear and, I mean, just pouring everything in. Uh, They had their third baby November 11th, and... uh, the week after their baby was born, Mark's having debilitating headaches, and he goes to the doctor in Brazil. They do an MRI, 
And they said, you need to get back to the States immediately. Um, you, there's a tumor in your brain, and you need to get back so you can get treatment. So they fly in a week and a half ago, and they come off the plane, and they're wheeling Mark in a wheelchair through customs. They stamp their passports in their, their home, and Mark has a seizure. They take him from the, the airport by ambulance to Baylor. They do, emer- they do some tests and end up doing emergency brain surgery because the tumor had begun bleeding with inside of itself. And they were within 20 minutes of losing Mark. Throughout the week, uh, he has not been awake. He's been in medical, medically induced a coma. And they called a meeting with the family and said, here's the deal. He has a very aggressive cancer in his brain. Um, we're going to do another surgery and we're going to have to remove more brain matter than we had hoped. Um, And we're just trying to give him a quality of life for six months. Now, I believe God is bigger than that. But I'll tell you what I'm wrestling with is I can't just sit back and go, God's ways are higher than my ways. I can't understand that. Now, I I, kind of got in and locked in with God on this. And here's where some honesty is going to come out. I said, God, I want to understand this. Because from my perspective, I'm seeing a man that gave up everything to follow you. He laid down his life. He took up his cross. He took his family to Brazil. And this is what happens. I mean, God, you're not looking good on this deal, buddy. You're not, this doesn't bode well for recruiting for the mission field. Hey, join the mission field. Get brain cancer. And, and, and I'm, I'm wrestling with God on this because he says that the Holy Spirit will reveal these things to me. And, and, and here's where God took me. And he, uh, you, you better be prepared for the answers when you ask the questions. Took me back to Acts 1 when the disciples said to Jesus, is it at this time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus says, I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven. And God says, look, Matt, you're looking at your scope. You're looking at life through, through your finite lens. He said, you want to understand it. Sometimes through the pain of someone else, I can make myself very clear. You see, Mark's sealed. And I don't like this about God. I'm being honest with you. But sometimes he'll let me go through some pain so that someone else can see God's goodness and can glorify God, and God can use my pain or someone else's pain to draw someone to himself. And that's only the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit going, Matt, I'm, I, I'm concerned with what's going on in your life, yes. And I love you, yes. And I'm here for you. And I want you to understand. I want you to grow in maturity. But understand this, that I look also at humanity. If you are a mother or a father, you understand this because you go uh, from this process of being single, looking out for yourself to married, and you're looking out for another person, and you're, you're having to think about another person. Your scope broadens. Then you have kids. The scope broadens, and you now have to think of your spouse and your children. You have multiple kids. You think of your spouse and children. Then you're, you love each one, but you have to look out for everyone. 
And that's what God is revealing to me through this process is saying, look, I love you and I love Mark and I, I'm, I'm all about the redemption story of mankind on earth. But you've got to understand that I am here to reveal truth. I'm here to reveal myself and draw men unto me so that they may be saved. You see, the, the mission of God continues. If, if the mission of God were finished once we submit our life to Christ, instead of sealing us, you're going to hear this, and you'd hear this in church. You know, when God draws you and you're like, God, I, all right, here I am, here I am. You would hear this, and you'd disappear. I mean, in heaven, they'd be like, they'd be like, hey, Matt's about ready to give his life. Now, boom, beam him up. St. Peter would be at the front gate going, beam him up, Scotty. Hey, you made it. That doesn't happen. So obviously God is not finished with us. So there is a mission still that we have on this earth. And what is it? To be witnesses. To be involved in the redemption story that God has for mankind that is written through the gospel and mission of Jesus. And he reveals truth so that we can walk that, we can live that, we can be that. You were in John 16, go back maybe a page, John 14. Uh, The third thing in that closeness of God and through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit comforts us. I have been praying, uh, honestly, very selfishly for God's comfort for, uh, for many of you. For Mark and his family, his wife Liz, um, his kids, for Mark. Uh, I know uh, each week um, you fill out prayer requests on the communication cards. Um, You fill out prayer requests online. You email me. You email our team and and say, this is what's going on. Can you pray? And, And there's some heavy, heavy, deep things going on in our church community. And I spend a lot of time praying for comfort because I I can't relieve your pain. Uh, God may be using your pain to redeem you or someone else. And I pray for comfort through that. And this is what what Jesus has to say. John 14, I'm going to start in verse 16. Jesus says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. See, he's talking about this counselor, the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, I said the Holy Spirit came on special people, the fire by night, cloud by day. In Acts 2, God made it very personal. Go back and read Acts 2. It says that tongues of fire separated on them individually. God's saying, I'm not going to preside over a community of people. I'm going to reside in my people. That's a transformation where, where the Holy Spirit is now dwelling in us as the temple. And he says, I'm with you. I'm in you. Look at the closeness of, of what's going on. And then Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. There's that closeness of God. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, 
He is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the revelation. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. What I love about that, Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I mean, they, they were connected with God in flesh. And he's, he's going away. He says, I'm leaving. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And so it's not as though we can feel God is distant because he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You will have the presence of God with you forever. He says, I'm not going to remove that from you. Whenever you feel um, that uh, warmness or that, that connection to God, that's the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That when I pray for you and our prayer team prays for you uh, through whatever it is that's going on. I mean, we've had just, it seems like we've had a lot of people and a lot of family members having surgeries over the last couple of weeks. And I pray for comfort. I pray for comfort physically, but more so that the Holy Spirit comforts you beyond anything anyone on earth can do other than the Holy Spirit. And I know this might be a little more touchy-feely uh, for us guys than we care to go uh, publicly, but we all need to feel God's love. I mean, the, we need to feel like God is fathering us. We need to feel that, that he is wrapping us up. And a lot of times guys don't like to admit that because it is a little touchy-feely. And, you know, and physical touch is not our love language. Most guys know that's not it. You know, rubbing my back or my arm, I'm just like, no, that doesn't do it for me. But we have to feel God wrapping us up and loving us and bringing that comfort that no one else can. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I know uh, some of your situations. I don't know all of them. But I know life has beaten you up. I know there's 91 kids that, that you sponsored for Christmas that life has beaten up. This week, uh, you'll be at Agape serving 150 plus people who life has beat them up. Uh, I don't know what jobs are like. I know some of you are looking for jobs. I know some of you are in jobs that you just, you can't stand. Uh, I know some of you are happy in your jobs. Some of you uh, feel God is so distant and, and you keep going back to the same stones that God did something before. And God said, it's not about the stones. That's a marker. And you keep going back trying to recreate some, some kind of experience or some kind of emotion so that you can have that moment with God again. And God's drawing you forward. Some of you may have a long-distance relationship with God. And he says, you know what? I don't want, I don't want that anymore. I'm ready to move in. I'm ready to be 
close and have my presence so real in your life. I, I don't know where, where you're at with that. Here's just what I'm telling you is God is close. God is here. Don't come here and miss God. If that's the case, you've missed the whole point. And I want to tell you this, you're not alone. If you've got stuff going on, I think the the scariest thing is sometimes we can feel like we're all alone. Father, we love you and we thank you that your presence is so close. That there is nowhere we can go to hide from your love. When we go to the top of the mountain, you're there. When we go to the depths of the sea, you're there. We thank you that your presence is so real in our life. And so, Father, we just ask that you you help us to feel the closeness of God, that you give us the power that you have promised us so that we can live the life that we were created to live, so that we can go into the world that you have called us to. We step into our jobs, into our families, into our schools, into our neighborhoods, Father, and that we are empowered with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to be your witnesses. And we ask that as we walk and live that life that you minister through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, you minister to the needs that exist in in our life and in our church community and in our families. Father, we lift Mark and Liz and his kids up to you right now. And we know that your power transcends anything that we can imagine, that, that you are the one who gives doctors wisdom. You are the one that illuminates truth and reveals all things and that you know exactly what is going on. And we submit to your power. We know that you are our healer. We know that you are our provider, that, we, that you are our source and everything that we need. And so we just ask that your presence fill Mark and his family right now and that, that your healing moves through his body. I don't know what you're doing in in his life, but I know that you are bringing glory to yourself through everything. And so we choose to give you glory even in difficult times. And we just ask that you continue to fill us. Just as Paul uh, wrote an encouragement to us is that may we be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. God, help us to walk through this week not trying to go back to the stones of an experience, but to continue to walk forward by continually being filled with your Holy Spirit. We love you and we thank you. And we pray all of this in the name that is above all names. And that is the name of Jesus. Amen.